You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, folks, welcome to today's Mount Westwire football podcast. Matt, clearly it's the offseason, coaching news, many podcasts we've done recently for MWWire.com, so we've been busy, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the offseason yet. We still have bowl oh. games up, you know, only only eight games left, so it's pretty close to the offseason now. Fine, it's not the offseason, but we got big news, coaching news. We've had other shows with uh, Josh Redlund doing some CSU stuff, Jay Norvell leaving to go to the Rams from Nevada. Love all sorts of stuff, but now we have we discussed this briefly a little bit. Why football is um, well, it's a mess, and we're bringing on a, a Mark Luke. He did some great stuff for SF Gate. Um, follow him on Twitter at um, what? How do we say this? M. Mad Luke. Mad Luke. Mad Luke. Yeah. I'm reading it like, wait, like, it's not good. Where's the D, Matt? It's 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 my initials. It's not my attitude, but yes, it's Mad Luke. That's great, but no, thanks for hopping on, man. This will be you wrote if no if nobody's read it, I know we've re, we've retweeted it. You send send this to us. I'm pretty sure most people listening to this particular podcast and Mountain West and Hawaii has a decent national following about who does what because hey, it's the two a.m. Eastern time. It's four a.m. We're watching football here on the East Coast, West Coast. It's that's ah, only one a.m. We're good stuff like that. 
and they, people know who Hawaii is and what they've done. They're a pretty good program for the most part. But I had no nothing to look at. Or I'm trying. What am I saying here? Todd Graham's apparently is a jerk. <laughs> we'll just start thinking <laughs> the simplest terms. I'm trying to think. What's the best way to to, to discuss this? I guess to backtrack, if nobody listened to, to us before a couple weeks ago or recently, um, or Roger Scott wrote the uh, kind of recap of the Twitter Spaces by players. Were you? Let's start there. Were you listening to that? Like, were you, is that where you first got wind of kind of the stuff that's going on for your article? Or yeah, so so this this really kind of came about in a weird way because, and it really came together quite quickly because, you know. Uh, I, I think for those of you who at this point, I'm sure have, have looked at my background to try to vet me and whatnot for this reporting. Yeah, whatnot, we're there you know. for you, man. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, you, <laughs> you direct message us out of the blue. Do we know you? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm a freelance <laughs> sports journalist, right? And, you know, I mainly cover like professional sports in, in the Bay Area, you know, like I'm on that, you know, San Francisco Giants, 49ers and Golden State <laughs> Warriors beat usually, but I'm born and raised in Hawaii. And so and I'm born and raised um, on the islands. And so for obvious reasons, uh, I've always followed the program fairly closely, kept my eye on it. Um, I've never been a, a super huge college football fan or college sports fan, um, in general, but obviously, um, you know, when you're passionate for sports and you're, you're on the islands, that's what you're going to interact mm-hmm. with most. And, um, I have a lot of friends who are even more passionate about it. And so I talk to them from time to time and I, you know, keeping tabs on it from a distance, uh, you know, when Graham got hired and how things have gone his first two seasons, it's it, it looks like, you know, since with the exception of the Chow years, right, and, you know, you could take sort of the high end of the late June Jones and the low end of Chow's years here, like Hawaii's been a pretty mid-tier group of five program, you know, pretty solid, consistently solid Mountain West program with, you know, some super highs, obviously, with Colt Bryant in the Sugar Bowl and, um, you know, some, some lower, some lows with Chow and whatnot, but... Yeah, back in um, the whack, yeah. Challenge yeah. BYU all the time, scored 70 points a game early in their BCS <laughs> season back in, uh, I don't remember what year, it was 98 or something. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, so, you know, it, it wasn't something that was too hot on my radar, but I noticed it seemed like a, a weirdly high amount of dudes were entering the transfer portal. And so I'd already started reaching out to people, getting a sense, trying to see, is there something going on behind the scenes and I, I was hearing murmurs, hearing rumors that things weren't great, nothing too concrete. And then on back-to-back days, I think at this point, this was last week, is right starting running back Day Day Hunter, and then the next day starting quarterback Shevin Cordero entered the transfer portal. And Cordero is an even bigger deal because yeah. he's a local mm-hmm. product, right? He's, he's from St. Louis school, um, you know, born and raised in the islands, as far as, far as I know pretty much you know connected um was our early commit to to uh and again it wasn't like there was you know obviously he'd been hurt so uh brain schrager the backup had played but you know it, it didn't seem like a situation where he was being forced out because they, they were trying to replace him or they had an obvious replacement they wanted no they had, he had yeah he got hurt for a couple of games and they brought down the freshman for a little bit and that's all it was he came back and the guy's job back right and, to see here essentially exactly and so when i saw the cordero news i go okay we might like I was like, okay, we're going to start putting the full court press on here and looking into this, reaching out to people um, a, a bit more substantially. And then if, well, within what, two hours, I see on my Twitter feed, Hawaii football team in the spaces. And I hop into that and I start listening and it was wild and un, frankly unprecedented and not like anything yeah. I've seen in college sports. Like college sports is not something where you have, people tied to the program especially recent 
players and especially not current players who will talk about a situation. And, you know, I, I'm hard. I feel weird about getting too detailed into it. And if you read the article on SF gate, there's a reason that I don't, I give context to the Twitter space, but I don't get into it because I think there were some weird things about it. It was created by alumni and it's it sort of, I think some players understood it was a public forum. Other players didn't. And so, um, you know, I, I don't want to get too in detail with that. And frankly, you know, my reporting, um, sort of that was to me a spark for people being willing to talk to me it was not something where you know again there's one quote from uh the the twitter space in the article that was one that was circulated on local media and so that's why we were comfortable using it although we didn't use the player's name uh while Mm -hmm. other local media attributed to him but um so from that point it was reaching out to people and as someone who has primarily covered the pro sports space, but also covered college sports. And I, I focused on like baseball prospects and stuff. So I'm dealing with amateur athletes quite a bit or players on the borders of amateurs and pro athletics um, quite substantially. And I was shocked at the amount of response I got just, you know, most of the time, especially as a reporter who, you know, I'm not on the university of Hawaii beat. I'm not someone who these players have interacted with or seen significantly. Um, and the level to which, you know, People wanted to talk, just told me, wow, like there's some here, there were already serious red flags. And, you know, this was a story I, I felt like I needed to, to try to tell. And so, um, you know, began to talking to players. Again, I think eight different players are quoted in the article, um, the majority of whom did not speak at the Twitter space. I think that's important mm-hmm. clarification to add mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot, of, but I've seen some assumptions. Well, this is just straight from the Twitter space. The majority of the players who I spoke to did not speak at the Twitter space. Um, and there, I don't want to give away too much because obviously I don't want to risk players being known, but I can say the majority of players I spoke to have not entered the transfer portal either. either. Um, and so you know, we already know there's a lot of players uh, from UH who are, who are transferring. We already know there were a lot of UH players who, whether or not they intended to, made some level of discontent known. Um, and I spoke with many players who had not, have not used either of those forums. And what they talked about is, you know, incredibly concerning, right? Like one player I spoke with said that these things have crossed the line to be verbal abuse, the way head coach Todd Graham has talked to players. Um, you know, just talk about demeaning um, approaches to players, name calling, and um, doing so in, in, you know, without context of football, you know, uh, accusations of favoritism, but not in the way I think we think of it in, in not a favoritism in, oh, this player gets playing time and stuff like that. You know, obviously there were a few players who had complaints about that, but w- what I mean when I'm talking about favoritism, I, I talk about in the article, again, I recommend going to SF gate and reading it is players who felt like the coaching staff didn't care about them. Like a player who quit the team because he was walking back into the locker room after practice and he, and Todd Graham happens to be next to him and they have a small talk interaction. And he's like, this guy barely knows my name. Why am I waking up at 5.00 AM? Let me ask you about this real quick. Um, You mentioned, because this is quite interesting for what I do for work and stuff like this. Like how, because local media, there's only a couple of guys that are really out, really out there. Like, you know, Steven Sy and some other guys. I know RJ Hollis is out there doing what he's doing. But, like, mm-hmm. why were – was it this bad? that? Because you mentioned you don't cover college athletics, typically or at least why football. Yeah, that's not – that's you, not. Like, this is not my beat, right? Like, this well, is I know, not but the my thing point, going on. But my, my, what I'm getting at, I'm like, no, I'm not saying anything about what you've done. Like, it's great stuff. What, what, what would – 
did they tell you why their willingness was to talk to somebody who you don't really have a relationship with? Like, was it that bad? They're like, I got to tell somebody because these guys down the street from me won't listen to me or won't take this seriously. Or you're a buddy, buddy with a coach or their athletic program. That's like, how did that come about? That's what I'm interested in a little because it, the, what they said on the Twitter space, which you've reporting is quite concerning, but were they that eager to discuss this with somebody, get that, get this message out there or get what's really happening? Like, you know, it's kind of, it's a little bit different. Like, I'm, you know, it's like, it's weird. Like, oh, I see a football reporter going after soccer or baseball. Not that I'm, I'm not questioning your stuff. I'm like, what, well, why were right. they talking to, to whoever that wasn't somebody who covers them and knows them way more than they know you? No, absolutely. I mean, that's a really legitimate question and an important one because I've told multiple people um, who, who I've talked to about this. Like, I don't, I shouldn't have been the person to break this story. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, you're kind of like not the guy who thinks you have this information or whatever. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is, you know, uh, you know, again, I'm born and raised here and I have this proximity. And so I know it, but no, absolutely. I mean, I was, um, I mean, frankly, I was fully expecting something to come out before my piece did from a, a local media sports or something to the effect. I expected the Twitter space to be a bigger deal. I mean, just by the nature of. Yeah. For some, for college athletes to openly be talking about a coach, especially ones who are currently on the team, is a like it's unprecedented. I mean, players don't do that. Like the power dynamics at play here, you know, are not ones that lend themselves to that. And oh. you know, I, you know, I didn't necessarily ask guys specifically that question, but the sense I got from, I mean, I will say is I think there were some who I could tell felt as if local media wasn't going to listen and because of their connections or whatnot and you know and for what it's worth there I think was a level of with some players a level of jadedness who as they were talking to me sort of saying but I know this isn't going to change anything I know Graham's buyout is too big for this university and I know they don't care about us and and that was something for me where, um, you know, I mean, it just upset me. Like, it, it, and you know, obviously, again, I'm not covering. You know, I'm I'm doing good journalism. I'm making sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not. Uh, you know, obviously, you're not sharing everything you hear. You're you know, you're doing making sure you're getting double sourced on you know the most egregious accusations and whatnot. You know, and, and you're exactly. you're talking to guys, but it it was one of those things where it really did feel like players felt like there was nowhere to go. Like they felt like players who had challenged coach Graham had been so chastised. And so, and, and, you know, whether, you know, explicitly or implicitly kind of punished for that, they didn't feel like they could talk to coaching staff. Um, I'm not, I will say, I'm not sure if they'd gone to administration, but, you know, I also think it's kind of, you know, going to an athletic director when that's someone you don't necessarily deal with on a daily basis. I think that's a pretty big, um, step to make, you know, that's someone you're not dealing with. You don't know what the rapport is. And, um, and again, I'm not saying guys have hadn't gone to the AD or whatnot. I just, I, I'm not sure if that was something they'd looked into. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast. Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Um, and, you know, I'm not sure if I know there was one player I talked to who, who had talked to another media member um, over the past week as well, um, who, who was working on something. I'm not sure if something's coming along the pipeline there. But, yeah, I mean, it, it did seem like a lot of the players I talked to, this was the first time any media had reached out about this. And it, it seemed like, um, again, like, I think it's not just me. I think the Twitter space is what kind of opens the door to really illuminate um, where this program is at and where players are at with this program, right? Because obviously my report's not in a vacuum, you know? And I think there there is the thing of sort of where is this coming from with this person? Why are people willing to talk um, to this person, you know, and, and whatnot? But I think also like they were, there are some players like who were willing to talk to the world, right? Who were willing to do it on an open Twitter space without the guarantee anyone would listen, um, but uh, ended up having, you know, a few hundred people listening. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and again, to, to, to the credit of the people hosting it, they mentioned that a few times they mentioned local media who were in the conversation. And so, um, you know, I, I hope at least at that point, players were aware um, of what was happening. And actually at one point after they'd sort of started letting fans on and whatnot, I requested into that. I was like, if they'll let me speak. And I just said, look, if you guys want to talk anonymously, I am available. Um, yeah. And um most of the people I interacted with, I'd either already connected with or connected with after that, but that's just, I guess, an important caveat to give uh, to this conversation as well. But yeah. So one of the things that really kind of sticks with me about the spaces and about the article um, is it, you know, one of the things that seemed to maybe stick in the crowd, most players from my point of view was the fact that there was such a culture shift from what Nick Rolovich and, and other past Hawaii head coaches had been able to, um, you know, establish as far as, you know, being a part of the Hawaii program and just being a part of Hawaii, I guess, in a sense. And so, you know, I, I sort of understand that on an intuitive level, you know, like I'm, I'm a Fresno State alum myself and you, we have our, our anyone, anytime, anywhere mantra. Um, you know, Boise State has you know, its hammer and, and a lot of other programs have like, you know, something that sort of just defines who they are. And so, you know, for maybe those people, you know, especially our listeners on the mainland who may not be as familiar with just what it means to be a part of like, uh, you know, a Hawaiian community, or maybe the, maybe to be more specific, if you can, the, the Hawaiian football community, like when, with, with all of the things that Graham has, you know, allegedly done wrong, did you get any sense as to what the most cardinal sin he committed was? I would say, and I think there was a, a clear, I guess one thing I want to say though, 
is that, you know, this is not something solely, and again, not even for my point, you can look at the transfer portal. This is not something solely coming from local players. Yeah. Um, and, and this is not something like, I do think there's, there are definitely levels to that, right? Like there are definitely, I think, players who feel like he's come in with, you know, essentially coming from the mainland and doing something that, um, you know, for, I think, obvious reasons, people from Hawaii are resentful of if someone from outside comes in without asking questions, without sort of, and just says, my way's better. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, you can look at the history of, of, you know, why this island chain is the way it is and why people are going to be skeptical of that and um, rightfully um, upset by that. But, you know, I honestly, I got the sense because there wasn't any one event that guys came back to. It was like each guy was giving me a different example of okay. something that was wrong. And, or, you know, maybe not, you know, there was some crossover, but, you know, for the most part, like people were pointing to, it was that, Across the board, players don't think, or the players I spoke with, just to make sure I have all the caveats in there, do not think he cares about them. Okay. And that's what it seems like from what you said, like reading through um, what you, what Twitter, listen, Twitter space in your article, like, okay, let me invite, because we, this is briefly, like, let me invite just to start players. You have, I get it, to have a personal relationship with a hundred plus kids as a one person head coach, not super easy. You're going to contact or be in discussion more of the quarterback or starters it, because you're dealing with them more because they're playing more. And I get all that. That makes sense. However, if you're inviting people over, like, wouldn't it make sense? Like, instead of bringing over or bringing over groups of people, okay, we're bringing the starters this week. We're bringing the backups this week. Or we're bringing the more ideal position, a receiver tight end group come hang out for the Yeah, game. exactly. Just defensive line. Like, yeah. Yeah, position group makes the most sense. You can maybe one week it's the starters, one week it's the defensive linemen. It's like groups of people, but you don't really leave people out. And there's the one thing in the article wrote where assistant coach got chewed out because they brought in a walk on scout team guy. Like, what's he doing out there? He's never going to play. It's like, and he did find one plays in. It's like, does he not understand how to grow a team either? He's he's been a good like as for like the football coaching side. That seems idiotic because you want your backups to play at least a little bit to get some playing time to know, know who's going to be good because there's one point as well. Like, well, the coach ever talked to me until I became like on the two deep essentially. It's like, you got to build a team in multiple ways where seeing players play well, getting to know your, um, your guys you coach and I was hopefully recruiting them on some level. You know what I mean? Have like that final conversation. Okay. Yeah. Join the team or prefer to walk on or whatever. It's like it. And what's where I'm looking through like all the reaction, like, you are again like this where this is end up published, it's not in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. There were local reporters on this basis. Has I haven't really seen too much like written about it, or it's been a paywall and I can't find it. It's like how come there hasn't been as much stuff written there when it was wide open and there was guys who cover the team all the time? Yeah, I, I before we get into it, I do want to get back to that that last point. Um, cause I do think there is a local media conversation to be had. And to be fair, I don't want to get into attacking specific people in Hawaii. No, I know. I'm just wondering, it, you think, but it's, it's I, a I think there's, deal. I think there's That's a, I think, yeah, no, I think there's an added thing about local media in general, nationally in the state of kind of, I mean, not that we know they have a society wide media <laughs> conversation, but I do think there's a, there's a level of how we're also seeing a, a part of the modern media landscape impact, how this story is being covered. And to be fair, um, I do not pitch this story locally. I have a relationship with the editor at SFGate. And so early, I reached out to him as 
Um, I'd been doing preliminary stuff. And as soon as Shevin transferred, I reached out to that editor because I have a relationship yeah, with it. And I'm like, uh, she, this guy transferred. I'm looking into it. I have no idea if I'm going to get anything. Um, you know, I have some murmurs, but, you know, ha- hearing from people that they're unhappy versus them being willing to give you quotes, you can use an article for anyone who's a journalist knows that's a very mm-hmm. different thing. And exactly. so I was like, I'm not sure if anything's going to change in this situation, but I just want to let you know I'm looking into it. So, so that was part of the reason it ends up in the place it does. And to be fair, SFGate does have a Hawaii section they've been growing. So that was part of it. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I'm just wondering, like, why isn't the Star Advertiser doing at least something on this? Yeah. Because all and, you hear is him. Like, sorry, really quickly, like Todd Graham said, oh, we need to do what's better, do what's right. We know what's in our heart. Like, it seems like a half-assed, half-apology that he knows he did something, but we just need to do things the right way. It's like... Absolutely. And that's where I, I want to build on, you know, sort of the last point about what the biggest issue is, is it's, I think, players not feeling like he cares about them. And because of that, feeling even stronger, he doesn't care about a program and, and the, the program and this feedback loop. Where, Tone death quote here. Obviously, I can't meet, meet with 125 people. It's like, don't yeah. say that even though if we know it's basically true, it's hard. Again, but, and, and the thing too here is like, there are the thing that's, I think, super indicting to me too, right? Is like, I have quotes, right? And talking about the favoritism and there was, you know, and I'm not the only person to talk about that. And the the, the level of, you know, feeling like guys down the depth chart get ignored. And... You have the starting quarterback, starting running back, and a starting cornerback who are entering the transfer portal. Oh, like not good, Matt, right? Like like that <laughs> no. that's that's the thing too, is we're not only in a space where um, you know, and again, if this was just treatment that people at the bottom of the depth chart were complaining about or had problems with, it would still be a problem we should talk about. It, it you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Student athletes shouldn't be treated this way, regardless of their status. But I think it also shows the level of failure at the very least to build a quality culture, um, if not something more. I mean, I think about um, one of the quotes I reported, one of the things that was shared to me is he was saying before they knew they were going to have a bowl game that he wanted the seniors to stay and train for the draft combine in Manoa on campus. And then for some reason, he adds, it's not because we're nice people. It will help us recruit players in the future. Like, why are you saying that? And what are players supposed to take from that? Like, you know, the player said was like, look, I get coaches and players benefit from one another, but why are you like making it? Why are you trying to make it clear? You don't care. I mean, one thing I mentioned in the article, and I'm not sure if I did, I guess I want to clarify because I think it was something I didn't get into parsing. um, Maybe I could, I could have done a better job with is there's this thing he, where guys can talked about, he was viewing at them as a stepping stone. And he talked about like wanting to go to the NFL. And, you know, I think there's been some people who read that. Well, look, I mean, what are these players? Like, yeah, he's at UH. If he wants to go to the NFL from UH, that's crazy. No one's making that jump. Like, you know, he's, he's trying to build camaraderie around the idea that, you know, we can help each other achieve our dreams. And the thing is, I actually don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment. Like I come from a place where, you know, college coaches should be more honest to their players. Like they shouldn't be telling guys I'm going to be here forever and then leave the next day for a higher paying job. Like the issue though, wasn't the candidness. It was that so many players were mentioning different instances. He was talking about that, that it came to them as not something he was sharing as trying to build camaraderie. It came off to them. And again, I'm not, I'm not sure what his intent was. I'm not getting into what he was trying to do, but players were interpreting that as, as another reaffirmation 
that you do not care about us or this program or the state or this community, and you just want to get in and get out um, as quickly as possible. And, you know, I, um, I guess to sort of get to the local media part of this, you know, we've seen nationwide, right, as we sort of had the Wall Streetification of media, as we've seen these sort of big firms buy up, you know, a lot, I mean, and just the nature of the economy, a lot more mergers, yeah. right, fewer papers. You know, I was born, there were two big papers here, right, the Honolulu Advertiser and the Star Bulletin, and they merged around the Great Recession. So there's only one paper, you know, and so what that means is Hawaii's in a place where it has, you know, a moderate sized market, you know, compared to, you know, like a place like Fresno, right, or other places, it has a you know, decent sized market. But, if you're a national outlet, are you going to pay to have a reporter in Hawaii? Probably not, because you have to pay to fly them all over the place if they're covering a football team or whatever. And so what, what it means is, is that a place like Hawaii gets kind of this double isolation where you have one local paper and there's a couple independent presses and pretty much the rest of it is local radio and local sports reporters. And that's when we get into the issues of access journalism. And I think people being in positions where they're worried about potentially losing access um, to people. Do you mean like, hold on, I need to read this title to you. I just saw yeah. it's total BS. And as we know, Northwestern labor move, movement attempted to get players to unionize. And we saw the Pac-12 stuff this past last year headline, which is this could never happen. This won't work. It won't matter. Javon Cordero has power to change culture. Should he change his mind and decide to stay? That is a bunch of garbage. That is so bad. That is terrible. One college player who is the starting quarterback, I don't care. Unless, like, Trevor Lawrence was the only guy last year to get something going. He's like, I want to play. Like, there's no way he could. It's impossible. And that's very disrespectful and condescending to think that could be done. You know, oh. and again, I don't want to get into specific. I know, people. I just, I know, but yeah, I, no, I know, but it's just me, annoying I, point to I make. I do want to say it's something. not factual. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, I agree. And the <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this stuff you can be like not along. That's fine. Well, I, I'll no, I mean, I, I'm okay getting into it a bit. I just, you know, um, <laughs> and you know, I'll say this: like, there were players who I spoke to today about that piece, and they weren't surprised and i think that was something that was really dejecting for me um that uh, you know there's this sense that there is no one looking out for them um or and again that's their perspective i don't necessarily think that's fully definitive and i don't want to again get into some beef with people because no but um, the point being a college athlete has very little power and exactly that's like, and, that's and the point I'm Shevin at, yeah. Cordero was a captain this season he was yeah. the starting quarterback this season <laughs> he mm-hmm. was the starting quarterback before Todd Graham arrived I mean I know Cole McDonald was there but everyone kind of knew Cordero was going to be the starter he played so a lot too the I the implication in that story is that Shevin hasn't been trying to change the culture the implication <laughs> is that somehow Shevin has just been here nodding along, doing whatever, because he doesn't care. And now things are tough and he wants to leave. And no, it, it, again, that's the stuff that really upsets me when media and, and other people do that. Because like you said, these guys have, there is no more powerless professional athlete than the college athlete. And I use professional exactly. on purpose. I realize some people, most people will call them amateur, <laughs> but nonetheless, and um, the level to which, um, again, the way I'm seeing it, it, it covered, I mean, it's striking to me that it has gotten more national coverage than local coverage, my story. 
That's, and, yeah, that's why I was getting that earlier in my question. And there were, and I'll say, you know, Chris Vanini of 247 Sports, who I, by the way, have no relationship with, I've never interacted with before. As soon as my story came out, put up a tweet that based that uh, I could pull it up, but it was something along the lines of he'd been hearing this too. And Mark broke the story. And oh, he knows. Yeah. I've worked with Chris. He knows everybody. Like, right. And, and so my point is like, I wasn't the only one working on this and nationally, um, there were reporters I've seen who covered Graham at Arizona State who basically, in no uncertain words, said, yeah, this is something – This is so-, basically they said this is something that was going on behind the scenes here too. And um, it is striking to me at the same time – again, I might have missed it. I have not – I what I can say is this. I have reached out to a few members of local media just like I reached out to you as, you know, when you're a journalist, you're covering yeah. something, you have a big story, you reach out to people who of might course. be interested to. I reached out to you. I'm, just, I'm here now talking. I reached out to several members of local media. That's radio, TV, um, press. And I've gotten – and I said, you know, if you uh, – I'm free to talk, answer questions if you have clarifying questions about the investigation, whatever it is, you know. And none of them have gotten back to me or asked me a question. So I'm going um, to Hawaii radio t- like tomorrow. So I bring this up and see if I can get some stuff out of them. <laughs> hey, you know, you're, welcome, you're welcome to do whatever you wish. And, and, I know, um, just... <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it has been something to me that's been, I mean, again, it's frankly just, you know, it's, it's really strange and weird at its simplest to have, you know, Spencer Hall tweet about this. Yeah. And people lost have... them some Hawaii football. So it's yeah. not, it's, Nostalgia, not nostalgia, but like late night stuff, and people yeah. gather around it. And like they pay attention because they've had teams, Timmy Chang, Cole yeah. McDonald, like the passing earlier this year. Unfortunately, there's good teams. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? Like this is getting everywhere. So you know, I I was listening to the the most recent Patreon version of the Split Zone Duo podcast. I don't know if either of you are are patrons of that either. I've not listened to it yet. I was going to, but tomorrow. But the but in a nutshell, they all seem to be in agreement that that Todd Graham had to go. And, you know, I, I recognize that it seems like, yeah, it's, it's one thing for, for national media members to say something like that from a distance. And another thing to, you know, to recognize it, like, you know, what's actually going on in the program to say that, well, that, that may not happen. Uh, but then again, you know, we just had a similar kind of conversation about Steve Adazio at Colorado state. And then literally the next day he was gone um, so we were we were kind of jesting about it that you know when his buyout dropped that you know maybe they would be able to but it was sort of doubtful and then they actually did do it so they were able to turn the page on that front and so I guess you know is it is it your stance that you know things are likely to stay the same as far as like the people involved in the situation and then if that's the case who bears more responsibility or maybe who bears the most responsibility for trying to turn this thing around? Is it Graham himself? Is it the athletic director, David Matlin, who, you know, for all, you know, from, from all appearances seems to have done nothing in response to all of this, or, you know, are there other things that the players feel they can do in order to maybe force the issue in, in the direction that they want it to go? Well, you know, I think th- this gets at to, what is often the conversation with athletics in general, particularly college athletics, you know, the issue of like what is fair and what will be effective. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know where this goes. And I say that from a genuine place of, 
you know, I've never reported a story like this. I mean, I understand the nature of like, this is an explosive story just in terms of what um, players are talking about. And again, the, I do think there is something to be said for the dichotomy between how journalists would read a piece and hearing that I spoke to, like these includes quotes from eight different players versus a non-journalist who responds to that. Like, I think a journalist has a different idea of eight players are talking to this guy. versus That's a ton. That's, that's a crap load. Like, if you get two, one or two, it's like, okay, but eight, right. come on, there's a ton of stuff going on there. And uh, again, I, I reached out to several others who, you know, again, yeah, I won't get into that further, but um, <laughs> so, you know, I, that's t- to me where uh, I think there is that interesting divide in terms of how it's being, how it might be interpreted. But, you know, because I've never been in the situation, I also am just not familiar with a story like this where I've been close enough locally or familiar enough locally to see the divide again, to see the, again, how it became, you know, a thing that that college football Reddit tweets it out and low. And to be fair, local radio was talking about it. I don't want to pretend like they've totally ignored it, but I did not see it mentioned in the local paper today. And um, I saw the Todd Graham reaction. I see this POS in one college quarterback can make a difference when it's AD's job who makes six figures. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because I have seen multiple local reporters tweet Todd Graham's a quote, Todd Graham's response to criticism without citing my article. And um, more than criticism guys, come on. Yeah. Get, get right. some better words. What, you're a journalist, again, but you're just a source. And I've heard some people talk about too, the idea when my piece first dropped that, you know, they don't, they want to make sure to say both sides of the story. And Graham hadn't given his side of the story, which again, I reached out, Graham had had a chance to respond in Twitter space, but whatever. But if you want to say both sides of the story, then when Graham quote unquote gives his statement, then where's the player's side of the story, guys? Exactly. And Where that's like, that? the, my, that's regard. Also, you know what I hate the most too? It's like, I know you reach out to them. They're like, Hey, I'm going to p- publish this at 4 p.m. Pacific, whatever time. Hey, this is going up online or the paper this day or whatever. Hey, you need to respond by this. And you see it all the time. Oh, we don't respond, don't respond. You hit submit. It's out there. Well, we're outraged about this. There's this, this, and this. I'm like, well, then tell us beforehand. You know what I mean? There's that. But also, they mentioned Todd Graham's piece, or Todd, not piece, but reaction. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, we got to do better. But I kind of quotes I kind of mentioned before. But there was, it. like you said, there's not, hey, Here's what players actually said. Here's what's going on. And here's Graham's reaction to what they said. And you see his reaction. Well, we just got it. Guys, come on. We just got to do better. I can't. There's a hundred plus guys. You know, I can't have a sit down dinner for two hours with these guys on the beach. Or I can't. I can't. Yeah. Like he's trying to pull freaking whatever. Trying to be like, oh, look at me. It's so tough. It's hard. Blah, blah, blah. Sad face. I'm like, no, they need to mention more of what's going on. Not just his reaction. Reaction to what? What is he reacting to? criticism isn't worth it isn't enough to know what's going on because if you had no clue like say nobody read your piece and why because well this is san francisco it's not i mean it's not maybe what they normally read well why what's todd Graham? what criticism is there and you see nothing about what what is actual criticism all you hear is players are kind of unhappy well it's like well players are in college are unhappy for a million different reasons this happens to be pretty severe right so so to to clarify jeremy um where in where they where 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 he actually gives his his sort of response quotes uh it is it is framed as quote complaints about leadership um which is about as vague as it can get it's bullshit that's what that is (laughs) that is i need to i need to keep my guys within the program to talk with so i'm gonna be happy with sid and say this way instead of like I, I hate it when that's the case and you're right too like 
I'm not a media outlet. It's like I grew up in Houston. They now have one newspaper. They had two there, yeah. and that's like the fifth largest city. That come, becomes a problem, and that's a bigger issue we don't get, get, into, yeah. get into too much. But when there's not you versus me or you versus whoever competing for something, you're going to try harder to get the better story, get the better info. Now it's like, well, we cover the football team with leadership issues. It's a, here's an example. Like I told on our podcast the other day, I'm, I'm, in, I'm at University of Utah right now. I was here to tell end of Rick Majerus years, but I heard a million stories because I work in the sports media, work radio and some websites. He Like here in Utah, a bunch of people at LDS State, and Rick Majerus clearly is not, <laughs> just because if you heard any stories about him. And they went to Final Four. They went to national title games. They had Andre Miller, Rick Majerus, all these great guys who were NBA greats. And he was like berate guys and like, and it's like religious stuff that you shouldn't say toward people. Like, if you believe in this guy who started your church, you can believe in my bleep, bleep, freaking play here and do this. It's like, what's yeah. going on here? It's like stuff like that's ridiculous and should never be going on. And not that Tyler Graham's on the same level, but his berating where it's not like, like, hey, you're doing like, I was like, dude, get it together. Do this, this, or this. You're like, it's more personal attacks toward people, which is what Rick Majerus essentially did. There's two ways to do it. You could say, hey, dude, this is not right. Do it this way and be pissy and mad and upset at them, but say, hey, here's what you need to do. Not just be mad at them and walk away if that's what he did, but that's kind of what it sounds like. It's a personal attack and I'm done with you. Or if you're not good enough, I'm not going to teach you to get better, which, you know, coach, you kind of got to coach him up and that's your job to win football games and players aren't playing well. Yes, you spend more time with player A, B, or C, but player C still needs a little bit of coaching to he'll be a player. Hopefully, he's a player A one day. So it's oh my goodness. And, and again, if you haven't already read the piece over at SFGate, uh, read it, please. Please, please go over and read it. But I'll just do this right now. I'm going to read a few quotes from players who who spoke to me. Um, and again, I think for obvious reasons, but in case you're unaware, they were kept anonymous because college athletes that, you know, they, I, I, I was not, I didn't have interest in trying to put a, a player in that position. And, you know, for the, for, I think fairly obvious yeah. reasons, scholarship pulled away. You get, yeah. look at our, look, Artie's, look what already is going on there. It could get much worse. It's like, you don't need to put that burden on them. So, you know, just a few quotes, right? Me and a lot of others can truthfully say Graham has killed our love and passion for football. <laughs> right. Like, and again, there was another player who basically says the same thing. Another player. I would go as far to say it's verbal abuse the way he talks to guys. It's personal. It's not like, oh, you need to be faster. He's calling guys yeah. uh, a, you know, a, a list of things. And there was another player who reiterated a similar um, contact. And again, it's not just impacting players. Players talked about an assistant coach who apologized to their position group for not wanting to ask Graham, a clarifying question and said, sorry, I'm just trying not to get yelled at. That's ridiculous. So, you know, again, you know, um, I, I, I think if you read the piece, I think it speaks for itself and what the situation is, but I really, I really don't know where this goes because I think, I mean, the sad part is I think there's a world where this um, sort of the, the university just waits it out. Right. It's not going, you know, while it's gotten more national push than local push, national um, media is going to move on faster. Right. Like national guys have more things to talk about. And so it's going to be, you know, out of their purview in, you know, if it isn't already. And so the momentum has to come locally. And to be fair, I think there's a significant portion of the fan base that has been outraged by some of the events of the past week and feel that way. And so we'll see what that pressure um, ultimately does. But, you know, I, 
I'm, I, I do want to say, you know, this is an ongoing investigation. I'm still in contact with players. I'm still um, investigating. And um, it, I guess if you are listening and you have something to, to share, feel free to go to my Twitter um, or there's other ways to contact me available there. You can read if there is something else out there that you want to share that isn't in the piece. Um, but so I'm continuing to investigate and, you know, to, to try to get as much clarity and certainty about the situation as possible. But you know, I think this could go in a world where, who knows, in a few days, David Matlin says we conduct an internal investigation and we are moving on, or it could um, go in the opposite direction, too. I really have no idea where this goes because, I mean, this is what makes college football such a dangerous place for athletes is there is so much power in so few people. And obviously, when you're a player, that can mean your coach. But when it's a program, that can mean the athletic director, president, and board, right? And and so – I don't know those people personally. I don't know how they feel. I don't know what their opinions are. And so, so much of it is going to be in how they react and how they handle this. And, you know, obviously as a member of media, I think it's requisite upon media to hold them accountable to continuing to trying to tell these stories. Um, and and we'll, we'll, I hope um, that this is the, the first of many pieces we get to see from media who are you know talking about not just as Hawaii, but around the country um, about athlete mistreatment and whatnot. Yeah, you're right. Because like the, this type of coach isn't around anymore. Like you're not having Tim Coughlin out there doing the what he does. You know what I mean? You're not having these type of military style coaches. It's not even to coddle the guys, but there's there's a fine line between getting on their butts and get stuff right and doing things. I don't. So like I know you're still going to it. We can kind of maybe wrap with it, like wrap up here. Like I don't know. I don't off the top of my head. Don't know his buyout. What it would be. Hawaii doesn't have money because they're obviously not in the stadium this year or next year possibly. Aloha being read redone they put only a thousand people in like three games also the bowl game like i i, I think that tell me tell me if this description is incorrect the t- discuss our podcast last time both you weigh in here it seems like a couple that want they go to a bowl game because oh it'll fix everything it's like a couple trying to have a kid to fix their marriage or something that see what <laughs> this is you know that's an interesting way to put it i have the, the bowl <laughs> game is just wild because it seemed pretty clear they needed two teams to turn down bowl games and once lsu said they were going to play theirs it seemed like there was no way and then there's this miraculous bowl game out of nowhere um in the texas the first go classic right the first go football classic <laughs> and, and um so um which uh, again i i don't know the story on how it came to be but nonetheless it is i think at the very least incredibly lucky if you wanted a bowl game for hawaii um and uh, yeah, it's wild. And again, by its appearance, just uh, by it existing, Todd Graham gets an additional $20,000 bonus. Yeah. And if Hawaii wins, he will get an additional $40,000 bonus. Um, and uh, as I said, I mentioned a quote in the article, like that's not lost on players. And, um, you know, again, we'll see where it goes. The, the situation with Graham is this. He's on a five-year deal before last season. At this point, it pays him an $800,000 base salary through 2024, which is not super high for D1 standards, though for Hawaii is on the higher end of things. Um, and if they were to, uh, you know, fire him uh, without cause, obviously, after this season, his buyout is $425,000 for every year remaining on his contract, which would be about 1.2. I think it's exactly $1.275 million um, this offseason. Dude, Hawaii, just go play, go play by game first an SEC team and you're taken care of. Come on. For what it's worth, Hawaii has never spent the highest buyout they've ever spent is $600,000 on Greg McMacken um, way back in the day. Uh, Norm oh, Chow, I think. Uh, Norm Chow, I think, got $375,000 in buyout. So, um, that that's where um, it, it would be a pretty unprecedented buyout for Hawaii to pay. 
Um, at the same time, this is um, this might be a, a level of an unprecedented circumstance. We'll see um, how things play out um, from here. But yeah, that's sort of where the buyout thing stand, um, and we'll we'll see how it develops from here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's tempting to say we'll wait and see what happens with the bowl game, but then you also remember that National Signing Day. Yep. The early signing day is even is, is even earlier than that. I think you know we're we're recording this on December seventh. It'll probably be out the next day. Um, so you know the early signing day is like what ten days away at this point. Within two weeks, yeah, close. And if if memory serves from your article, Hawaii only has four commits for twenty twenty two right now. Yeah, at least I was going. I've been going by two two four seven sports, which you know, mm-hmm. is who I generally go with. And according to them, I can I'll check right now. Actually, not many. Which which have... it, which in itself isn't always necessarily a bad thing because there is the secondary signing day where mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of programs, especially those in transition, um, you know, tend to you know, tend to try to pick things up after the fact, I guess you would say. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing is Hawaii, I think, has yeah four commits according to 247 as of this moment. Every other program in the conference has at least eight, so more than double. And three of Hawaii's four commits are locals. They're actually from St. Louis School, which remembers where Chevy Cordero is from. So, and one, uh, did you, one did JUCO as well. Uh, yes, like yeah, from, yeah, that's right. College. The one not from the one not from St. Louis is a JUCO. So, um, yeah, I mean, at, I mean, look at the very least, like even if this is going to be water under the bridge, and you know what? Let's say even if. If let's say Todd Graham were to address this head on and he does change, you know, how he approaches these players and he gets his locker room back. He has, uh, I believe, right, somewhere from nine to 11 dudes in the transfer portal. He has three guys who are starters this year, not counting seniors and others who are graduating, you know, players like Calvin Turner, who have been huge for that program, okay. who are obviously going on to next things. So that's a huge exodus of talent. And currently they have the smallest influx of talent coming. Now, again, as you said, he might, he's probably going to have to rely quite heavily on the transfer portal because he's losing so many players with playing time, at least as you know, I mean, it it would seem like that's something where, um, you know, it seems like Hawaii is going to have a recruiting pitch to to transfer as well. You're going to have a chance to get playing time quite quickly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, starter. (laughs) Now, again, how players, how receptive are are players to that is, is a whole nother thing because, you know, um, obviously I didn't get into it in my piece, but it, it, there has been some things where you're hearing people who did transfer um, under Graham who are disgruntled about feel like promises that were made were not kept and other things. So um, I, again, I, I don't know where this goes because, you know, like you said, there's early signing day. Um, there's this bowl game, which is obviously um, happening amidst this. Um, and, you know, are, you know, the, one of the biggest local stars in college football in some time is looking to go elsewhere. And I don't, you know, we'll see where Chevin Cordero ends up, but you know, Cordero's not someone who, as soon as he enters the portal, you're going, he's going to end up at USC. You know I mean? Like he's not someone you're seeing is going to end up necessarily power five. He could, but I bet um, he could. he's above, he's a, I'd say he's above average quarterback. Like the Mountain West had put playing good QBs, but I could see him like middle of the pack power five team like Boston college or Illinois or something at <laughs> that level, or he could be fine there. I think that's, but you're right. He's not going to be a starter at some major program. Right. This is not like someone at Fresno state, right. Trying to capitalize and take and, and get... like him. Like, he, yeah, with that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a precarious situation if only because, you know, we had already seen the trend to this point of teams that, you know, the, when they recognized they were in trouble in like the middle of the year, they were pulling the trigger. They were, they were, you know, firing the head coach and getting their guy in. And, you know, with each passing day at this point, 
Um, you know, I think that the decision to buy out Graham or keep him on board for another year becomes a little, a little murkier, I guess, mm-hmm. just because the timeline for, you know, finding a new guy in time in order to sort of keep whatever, you know, modest and, and maybe with only four recruits that becomes sort of an immaterial point. Like, you know, they can sort of slow roll it, see how the players respond in the lead up to the bowl game and then sort of maybe use that to decide. I mean, it's sort of like a different situation than what we just saw out of Colorado State, for instance, um, or, you know, other, you know, group of five programs in particular who've, uh, you know, filled in their head coaching vacancies yeah. in recent days. It's, it's you know, it, they're coming into it at a much different juncture mm-hmm. and they might, they might leave it at a much different juncture than everybody else as well. And there's just the uniqueness of this is Hawaii, which yes. is a, the most, you know, probably arguably one of the most, you know, arguably the most unique program in the in Division One, right? In NCAA. Yeah. And um, and this is someone in Todd Graham who, whatever you want to say about Graham, there's no ifs ands buts about it. He's not well connected in Hawaii. You know, he it's not like he has this local pipeline. Um, He's a carpetbagger. Tell what it is. Every job he goes to, Rice, Tulsa, um, Pitt, Arizona State. He's a carpetbagger. Goes to the best chance he can get at the moment. Well, but, but, but also just like his ties are Texas, like, and there's been a lot yeah. more recruits from the South. And again, there's nothing you know wrong with it. You can obviously build a, a really great program out of players from there, but the current commits are mostly local. And so if you did have to make a change, it, you know, obviously you'd have to do so quickly and obviously you, know, you can't fire, you know, hire some incompetent person or whatever, but I well, also maybe think, they did. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but also, you know, I don't, uh, Hawaii is also in a position where I think, they're weirdly in the space where as long as you don't totally botch your hiring, you know, I, I've heard uh, Timmy Chang, the offensive coordinator in Nevada, who obviously has a long history at the University of Hawaii, um, be, be floated. It's like, you know, s- someone like that um, or, you know, like I think you bring someone like Timmy Chang in and um, instantly you know, boom, yeah, the, the energy in that program is right back. Like there are clearly, I think, names out there. Um, you know, for a place like Hawaii, because they're unique. Now that limits them. Right. And that's why, frankly, when Graham got hired, I think a lot of people were surprised that he was even willing to take the job. It was um, weird. Yeah. I remember it was awesome. because, you know, of, of his background, but it also means you, you always have a weirdly unique subset of applicants because this is a unique job that appeals to um, a particular subset of coaches. I'm going to predict this. I'm going to end here. Um, first off, well, I don't want – this is weird to say because it's so public because I work with a guy who played in the NFL for 12 years, and we'll always ask him, what are these players-only meetings doing? He's like, usually a bunch of nothing. This one, being so public, is not a bunch of nothing because it wasn't technically a player's – it was, but it wasn't. But you, you get my drift. People listen to it. It's out there. It's they, There's probably some stuff held back clearly because people are just listening, like you said, or people didn't know. But like that doesn't happen. I am wondering um, – if it's this big of an issue, are they not going to play in the bowl game? And I honestly think, like, they're playing Memphis, and Memphis is pretty good. You don't have your starting quarterback. You don't have the DD 100. You don't have starting starting quarterbacks. Who knows who guys who won't play because transfer portal. There's not enough guys like, I'm going to test the NFL, so I'm not playing. I could seriously see them getting blown out, and they're forces Hawaii's hand to, like, you, you, you're done. This can't go on. There's too much turmoil, too much issues. I don't care what it costs. You need to go if they get crushed in their bowl game or if, just because enough players don't want to play. Because I can honestly, from your reporting and what we've seen, there's enough reason to say why support this guy. Why maybe give him an extra 40 grand? Why 
play a game where it doesn't even know my name. It's like, well, and that's the, the, the gets back to the thing. Sorry. I know we're probably going along here, but it's know, no, it's like, I'm just saying work with, they have a chance to actually make change by saying, we're not going to play. Yeah. I it, think that's a real possibility because it's one freaking game end of the year. They weren't expecting it. Cause remember one thing too, I don't know if it was your report or not. Hey, text after all this stuff. Come out. Hey, text next morning, bowl game. That's it. Or bowl practice. Tomorrow yes, morning, that, that, that was whatever. that was after the Twitter space. Actually, that was Stephen Sai of the Star Advertiser. That's what it was. Okay, Jared, yeah. it was after the day after the Twitter space. They got a text that there was practice today, and at and I, I think I, I'm not sure if he reported this, but I can at least report he did not mention the Twitter space at the practice, and there was no mention of it, um, uh, at least over text from Sai's reporting as well. And um, you know, it gets back to the thing of fairness versus impact, like. I would uh, completely understand if players didn't want to do that, but you're absolutely right in that, you know, if a bunch of players said, I'm not going to play because of this dude, like that forces the, the university's hand. And again, that puts them at extreme risk. That's, you know, I, I don't know whether that's advisable. Or not. I don't, I'm not, I can't put myself in their shoes, but, but that's the frustration of, uh, or I think for a lot of college football, a lot of college sports fans in general is that, players do have power there's just a lot of things in place that make it really dangerous for them to try to exercise it and yeah, so to stand um, up it's hard to do that yeah, sometimes absolutely. and it takes sacrifice and i would get it if they just want to play because going to school is expensive i got a scholarship i want to play even if they know there's shady stuff going on or it's not the best situation yeah absolutely anything else that matter we we've gone I, this is i love this this is amazing anything else we'd ask matt are we good to kind of wrap this bad boy up here I think we're about good to wrap it up and just kind of wait and see what happens from this point on. All right. We will wrap it up here. So here's what, here's what we're going to do here. So we go read sfgate.com. Go check out, um, since I butchered your Twitter handle, how about you just give it to everybody right now? So I don't mess with you. <laughs> Sounds good. My name is Mark Deluki. You can follow me on Twitter at mad Deluki. That's M A D D E L U C C H I. Um, again, if you're interested in, in getting in contact, uh, with me, you can DM me there. There's also my email, and uh, I have a signal phone available as well to people there. So that's 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 the best place um, to to find uh, to find what I'm doing. All right, so go follow Mark on Twitter. Go get those followers up to thousands upon thousands. It's deserved, <laughs> deservedly so. What's going on? So th- this story is not over. It's going there's going to be more, the bowl games coming up Christmas Eve. So follow, keep following Mark. We'll have stuff as well from whatever info we can get. There are local people there. We. We don't have people there, so it's hard for us to get info too. So I'm like, I'll have to sell on the paywall, but come on, we need some info. Give me a depth chart. I don't know, but I, I my, my, I'll make a bold prediction now. Todd Graham's not going to be the coach next year. I will predict that right now. You don't have to answer either of you to agree or disagree, but <laughs> Matt, do you want to chime me? Yes or no? You can chime me. You have nothing to lose. I tend to be pretty conservative in these kinds you of do. things. Yeah, so I think I think they're going to give him another year. To kind of wait and see what happens. I'll so say with, I, I won't with 13 make, is what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make a prediction, but I will say I hope uh, wherever we go from here, it is one where if Graham is still the head coach, it comes with um, a pretty significant um, both public and, and private um, statement and change of behavior. And if he isn't the head coach, um, you know, it, it um, is, you know, I, 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 at the very least, I think that there needs to be at least an internal investigation. Yes. I realize that's very minimal, but I, I, I just, I hope where we go from here is one that this, the players deserve to be at the center of this. This is not something that is disgruntled players who are upset about playing time or because the defense is a scheme they don't like. This is something that's real and substantive and significant and one that, um, 
again, I think this is not limited to Hawaii. We've, we've seen kind of stuff come out about Colorado State and others. Utah that, State last year, they quit yep. their last game of the season. Yep. Like, whew. Like these, they, they, look, look, you have a chance to make a change here. I don't know why, um, what, what Frank Miley didn't get the job at Utah State, but they have a chance to maybe, maybe does nothing, but uh, you're right. At least Todd Graham at the very minimum. Hey, don't just say it's a leadership issue. Say, hey, yeah, I've said some things that are probably not. It, it, here's what you could say like, it's a generational, like, hey, when I was coaching here, they're growing up, we acted this way. And I realized maybe that behavior needs to be adjusted. I need to recognize that can be changed and I can like listen to them a bit more and see what, um, what they need. And we can kind of merge what we're looking to accomplish here. Yeah. Something more substantial than oh, I can't meet with 125 guys. I, it's impossible. It's like, yep. you got, you can listen to the guys like, Hey, my behavior, I realize it's different from different times. I'm a bit older, but these guys are, it's people who go off and say crazy things. But like just, he's like, I need to realize he needs to adjust his coaching style where he can be a hard ass on people but not be personally attacking them. Todd Graham like, is, is the highest paid state employee in Hawaii at $800,000 a year. And, you know, we can have all our conversation about whether, you know, I, I think college athletes deserve to be play, paid, but at the very least yes. college athletes deserve to have a coach who cares about them and who they can tell cares about them and their well-being. And that is so minimal. And it is so clearly something at the very least, a significant portion of this current Hawaii football team does not feel as present. And at the very least, I hope that can change going forward. That's well said. And what should be the most basic, hey, respect. I want you to come here to play. Is you know what, coaches, they need you more than you need. Or no, what's what? No, sorry. The coaches, the players more, you know what I mean? The coaches have to have players to make money and do this. So it's like, you don't treat the players right. You're going to have a crappy team. Players transfer every seat. The coach, the players need you. You need to be you don't need to be like be respectful to them like you said what you said was perfectly better than what i'm going to say and ramble at the moment but can we just say be nice to people and you can have your style be a certain way but still understand you need to treat people a great a good way a nice way and you'll get that reciprocated back and probably you know, you know what they're gonna try, mark they're gonna try harder you know what i mean like if they're if you have a guy who cares about you you want to win for the guy and so I just hope it does get better. And so check out Mark's stuff over at sfgate.com. Follow him on Twitter. And we'll have more to get to this. But all of our stuff is at mwr.com. Subscribe to our podcast. All the fun stuff. You know what to do here. But, Mark, if anything else crazy goes on, come back and join because this was – okay, I, I was going to say so fun, but that's not that's ter- terribly the worst word to say. It's Maybe, very cathartic. Maybe cathartic is yeah, the word. Cathartic, interesting, and informative, and I enjoyed every second of it. So thanks well, for time. Hey, I'm, I'm glad for you guys having me on anytime. Uh, feel free to reach out. Happy to come back. Appreciate it.